This is Brighton's finest. Bringing the artists closer to you. Juice. You've got the new album coming out uh, tomorrow. I, I imagine it's always a bit of a special day, a bit like having a birthday in a way, is it? When the, it uh, is. It's very much like having a birthday. That's yeah. exactly how it feels. So you've um, got a cake? We've got um, <laughs> no cake. No. Um, but Well, I, unless you count the rider here at the radio station, which is a lot of cakes. Yeah. But... Um, We've put out quite a lot of records recently. We've put out um, the Blues album in uh, this year as well. We've got Horizontalism 2016 and uh, Hard Believer in 2015. Yeah. But it still feels like, I don't know, release day just means it's real now. It's not theoretical. Yeah. Um, it's actually going to happen. People are actually going to have opinions. They're actually going to be able to hear uh, They're going to think yeah. it's good or bad. And yeah. <laughs> everybody gets to hear what we've been thinking about for a that, three or four months now so is that yeah. something you take on board is that something you kind of look out for or do you just try and get rid of the noise i.e what people think about it you know critics or fans yeah or... I, I learned a long time ago that if you believe the good press you've got to believe the bad press yeah i so i don't read any press that's no. pretty much simple because if, if one review says it's the best record ever and then you go oh yeah i, I agree and then the <laughs> next review says god it's a load of self-indulgent rubbish then you know yeah can't believe one and not the other, right? So yeah, I don't read. My, never, never read your own press. Well, somebody said it's um, good to have really good reviews or really bad reviews, but we we don't want any sort of average in between. It's oh, okay I hate average. Average is the worst. Yeah. Six out of ten is the worst <laughs> score you can possibly get. Yeah. I'd rather the journal gave it one out of ten yeah. or nine out of ten. It's the worst thing possible to just be average isn't yeah. it really all right <laughs> you know yeah it's all right <laughs> so well i think it's great um uh, I've been, oh thanks man thanks I've, a lot i've been listening to it uh, quite a few times in the last few days uh resurgent is the name of the album just on its title it, apparently it's something to do with some an old church from your um native cornwall is that right you're cornwall that's right yeah born and raised yeah it's like a little special place that I've, it's always been part of my life it's right next to this big beach and I used to go to this beach as a kid with my parents. I used to walk past this church to get to this beach. It became like one of my special places yeah. in the world. And so this, this, this little church has kind of figured at lots of crossroads in my life where I need to go somewhere and have a good, have a strong word with myself or yeah. have a massive argument with God or whatever it is. And um, I noticed on the last visit um, this, this beautiful painting on the wall that had the word Resurgam on it, and it means I will rise again. And yeah. it just touched a real nerve. And then I wrote a song about, about that kind of thing, about all of these moments that I've been to this place and how I've always kind of, you know, risen out of these issues or yeah. come back from these issues or problems or whatever. And, yeah, it seems to touch a nerve with the vibe of the record and the vibe of where the band is at. So, you know, That's yeah, it. it turned into the track one, first track we recorded. Yeah. And the title track of the album. Okay. It seems to be a sort of a theme, if there is a theme, really, it's sort of a general theme to the album. This this kind of idea of um, dealing with the past, dealing with issues, and but trying to you know forge ahead, basically. Um, yeah, it's funny because I didn't realise that at the time, and I. But uh, having spoken to um, a lot of journo's over the past couple of weeks, you know, I've, I definitely realised. Yeah, there are some themes in this record that I didn't really realise that, yeah. that, that, that a lot of the journo's are picking up on, and definitely the um, thinking about the past and moving forward in a positive way, in a strong and confident way, is definitely a theme. I think running through it didn't realize at the time but sure. i definitely think it is so wait, so when you're making a track when you're doing a, a, a sort of typical think track is it based on a, a rough idea that you've come up with and then you sort of present it to everybody and this is you know let's see where this goes or 
is any of it a result of a jam in the studio? How, how does it work? Yeah, a combination, mate. All, all kinds of different. In the early days, it would be I would write a song, and the band would would work out what to play. Uh, but now it's very much much more collaborative than that. Yeah. Some songs start with a jam, like Resurgam started with a jam together in Berlin. Other songs, like Not Everything Was Better in the Past, they kind of uh, that that's like a traditional Fink song that I wrote in the studio on my own with a guitar, kind of trad style. It's just moments in life just provide you with these little moments of inspiration or like little little things that you think about or things that remind you of things that happened in the past. So, and because you're a musician and you're traveling around and you're playing music all the time, there's certain riffs and melodies that suit particular, very particular moods. And occasionally you can put these two together, you know? Every track has a different process like everybody else, but... Yeah. The great thing about this record is we, we could take all of these demos into the studio with Flood, who's a bit of a legend, then rework them all. We were in the studio in London for two months. We had plenty of time. And we just uh, we just went out these tracks, sort of took them apart, put them back together again, mashed them up, deconstructed them, rebuilt them. I mean, it was just a fascinating experience to work with such a legend. Brighton's finest. Jeff Hemmings. Jeff Hemmings. This is Juice 107.2. Brighton's finest. Words of the Wise started with Timmy, the drummer. He brought it in as a kind of indie banger. Um, and it was it was kind of like a big kind of indie track. And then I did a, like a piano version of it in the studio because we weren't really getting anywhere with it. So what happens is we got in the studio and we toured with Douglas Dare. We did an American tour with him and a, and a really nice uh, European tour with him when we did the Fall Into the Light tour and the Hard Believer tours. He was great and we love him. He's a lovely friend of ours. I'm a great pianist, so we sort of said to him, um, can you run into the studio for the day and, and lay, it, lay it down? We played it live together, so it was really quite a nice moment. I played it upright piano, he played the grand and sung it, and what made the record was a, was a live take, you yeah. know, a beautiful live moment. It's basically a song about when you know something's going to end, every single second gets so much sweeter, you know, when you know something's going to come to an end. Uh, it doesn't have to be in a sad way at all. It can be in a really awesome, I'm going to enjoy every moment of this because it's going to, I know it's going to end. Obviously, you can think of that as in a relationship and go sad on it, or you can think of that like a holiday and think happy. But yeah, it's about that feeling that when something's coming to an end, every single moment suddenly changes and gets gets very sweet. Brilliant. Yeah, it's a lovely track. Um, and day 22, are you, are you able to talk about that one at all? Of course, yeah, day 22. That's about maybe taking a moment in life to realize that you could do with offloading a bit of baggage. Yeah. Offloading a bit of something which is holding you down or dragging you down a little bit. And it can be it could be an addiction and or it could be a psychological addiction that you have. Yeah. In my case, it's quite specific, but in everybody else's case, it can be anything. You can be addicted to being miserable. Sure. <laughs> <you> want to be. <laughs> well, um, we've all got our addictions, you know I mean? haven't we? <laughs> we've, all, we've, we've all got our addictions, totally. So day 22 was just my routine to give up what yeah. I needed to get rid of, which was I could do whatever I want on the on the 22nd day. I had to be 21 days um, right. sober. It really worked out for me. You know, I really got to, you know, shift a few things I needed to get rid of. And that's why we like it as a kind of funky, euphoric yeah moment that's got quite an aggressive kick on it because it's like yeah obviously i love doing what i used to do but i'm not doing it anymore and it's that tension between like i'm happy about it i'm pissed off about it yeah i know it's the right thing to do but (laughs) yeah you know all that all that stuff okay brilliant thanks uh, for telling me about that but i just do have to finally ask you a bit about because um, you live in berlin don't you now i do yeah i and moved right into berlin yeah three years ago it was three years ago and what was the uh, what yeah. was the reason why you decided to go to berlin 
I sold What's my, wrong with I sold Brighton? My place in seven, <laughs> I know. I sold my place in um, Seven Dials. Yeah. I just needed a change, man. And, yeah. and Brighton's just lovely. And like everybody else, I moved down to Brighton from London and said to myself, I'm going to be there for like three years. And then 10 years later, I was still in Seven Dials. And I think I just said to myself, dude, if you don't leave Brighton now, you're probably never going to leave Brighton. Yeah, so I'm beginning are you to cool that. with that? And, uh, and I decided that I wasn't cool with that. So I sold my house, I sold my car, yeah. bought a ticket and moved to Berlin. And I've, I've loved it ever since. It's been fantastic. Excellent. You're doing a big tour. You're not going to be playing in, in the Brighton area. I'm, I'm assuming that you're not avoiding Brighton, but you, it just so happens to be not part of the schedule this time around. I know, it sucks. The only UK dates we're doing are London, Manchester and Glasgow. Yeah. Europe's a big place, man, and we're yeah. on a three-month tour just for Europe. No, we're not going to do Concord 2. It's a shame. <laughs> yeah, well, but next time, maybe. <laughs> Concord 2 Concord two in December, yeah, that's a tough sell for me. But um, And I don't think we're big enough to go anywhere near the Dome at this point, so... Right. That's the, that's the problem with Brighton. It's a real tricky one. Yeah, there aren't You've got a lot, of venues. Venues, a lot of venues that are tiny for great when you're starting out. Yeah. You've got one venue in the middle, which is Concord 2, and then you, and then the next one up is the Dome. Right. So we're, we're really we're trapped between... Concord 2 and Dome right now. Okay. If only there was a 1200 cat we could play, that would yeah. be awesome. This is Juice, Brighton's, Brighton's finest. finest. Bringing the artists closer to you.